Connesty, how are ye? Welcome to the Candle Tales podcast. My name is Aaron and I am sitting down in Germany uh, for the last time. Uh, but I'm chatting to my so- so- sister Sorica, who's over in Ireland in the Shafas. I appreciate you not calling me your soster Sirica because it was real close for a second there, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> it was. Look, it's it's hard talking. It's very hard to talk. Sometimes. It's been a long day and we've done a lot of words, uh, but that's OK because we are talking about one of my favourite words, which is Fintan, um, who is a great sage and eminent uh, fish bird man. Um, and we would Man-bird like to say... King. Before we get into it, thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you for all of the lovely equipment that you can see before you and hear the sound through. Uh, Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for sending us your questions, your comments, your hellos, your I really liked the stories, your all of the things that you say. Uh, You can find us on social medias and please like us and follow us wherever you see us because we're insecure and we need validation. I mean, it helps the podcast. (laughs) And yeah, uh, interestingly, uh, since going up on YouTube, we've gotten a lot more people responding to our YouTube channel. Uh, so thank you for that. And if you're watching, you know, like him, subscribe, hit the bell button. Uh, that all helps as well. Um, but I, I mean, it's really nice to, to get the feedback because we often talk about not, you know, being in the void or the, you know, telling stories to, to the ether when, when we don't have live shows and we haven't had live shows for so long. And there's some hint of those coming back. And, you know, uh, we're going into a new time. Hopefully by the time this comes out, because we're recording in advance, uh, I'll be back in Ireland and I will actually be preparing for a live gig. God knows we might even be publicizing it and I talking know. about it very soon. So check out our social media um, and check out our website because we'll be putting up updates about whenever we get to do a live gig with all of the candlelit crew and the musicians and all of us there telling stories, making us feel all the feels and doing what feels right for the harvest season that is upon us. September is the harvest season and it's not a bad time to finish a season of stories. So mm. we've, we've this has been a long one and it's mm. been one that we've really enjoyed. Uh, the Invasion series from start to finish, from Kesser all the way up to Finton. And I guess it's kind of nice to bookend it with uh, with Finton McBokra appearing mm. in the Kesser story and finally kind of closing the chapter the way we've put it together. I mean, you could put the Book of Invasions together any way you want to. But uh, I guess it's been nice to kind of look back. And this, this story especially, I had in my mind that this would be a kind of a a glossary of all of the peoples that came and the stories that we yeah. heard. Because of course Finton lives through it all and Finton sees it all. And you've had a bit of a grow for Finton for a while now. You've been you've been you've been playing with uh, Finton stories and Finton as a character and Finton as an idea and Finton as an archetype for a couple of years now. In fact we've had a we've had a few sort of like beginnings of theatrical shows and a few different sort of like Full starts of projects. I'm sure one of them will 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 catch at some point. But it's interesting. I think it. Well, we we were we were in Galway Theatre Festival to perform um, this story with Finton uh, as the main protagonist, as the main kind of uh, character with the telling telling a particular set set of stories. And I I, I honed in on him, and um, Brian Burrows helped kind of uh, us choreograph. Uh, Help Cor- us with the choreography, <laughs> choreograph. 
Well, help us with that choreography, more the movement and the body and embodying the the character and what it what what it would be like to be in, in the body of someone who has lived that long. And something that fascinates me about Fintan, the reason I keep on coming back to him as a character, as somebody who I want to do a theatrical piece with, is because you must lose all touch with humanity and engagement with emotions if you live that long. Yet he doesn't, because when he meets the hawk, the very first thing he says is, I'm at the lowest point because I've just lost my my son Ilan. Again, he mm. loses another son again, and he's as heartbroken then as he is with you know the first death that he ever saw. So he's always feeling, and I guess the way I've kind of looked at Fintan over the last few years is he's a character that kind of he's completely accidentally magic. <laughs> it kind of just happens to him. Because he doesn't intentionally dream to be a fish. He doesn't intentionally do any of this stuff. It kind of happens yeah. to him. And so How do you intentionally dream? Like it's it's such a kind of, I think it's such a lovely sort yeah. of way of transformation that he has is that he had a dream that he was a fish and then he woke up and he was a fish. Like it's just, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Like it's just, uh, I think it's actually, I think the dreaming is something that, that Beulah, um, my friend Beulah Croker came up with first uh, when she was retelling these stories when she and I were working on the Bard Mythologies version of them um, and she was working off a lot of the direct translations. I think she came up with that. I'm not actually 100% sure. Um, but it's. I think it's a lovely way of describing it because Finton does, in a lot of the stories, like he says he was turned into a salmon. He doesn't. He mm. doesn't describe it as being a thing that he decided to do. Which is lovely. It's just a man who magic happens to. Um, and I love it because it make it makes sense that like again, dreams don't happen to your dreams happen to you. You don't have really the power over a dream unless you're a lucid dreamer and and able to control your dreams. But I guess the the idea that he also can't seem to die. You know, he can't really get that release and he, he keeps on maybe thinking he will and he keeps he ages as a stag and you know wolves prowl and, and hunt him into a, uh, a cave once and then he he falls asleep expecting to die and he wakes wakes up and he's this ferocious youthful boar and he comes out you know like pumba out of the bra <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't know why pumba just jumped in mind but <laughs> because it's because it's a cartoon of a boar that you watched when you were a child and it's probably one of the few times that you've ever seen a boar yeah because yeah, we don't we don't have massive boar hunts in Ireland anymore, sadly. Or maybe not sadly. Boars are kind of scary. They're very scary. Boars are scary. Um, What's the little song that Timon sings? <laughs> we're not doing we're not doing a Disney episode. We're not. I refuse. Right, fine. I refuse. I refuse. You know what? I actually this you is a total that big too. <laughs> this is a total and utter tangent. But I was thinking about this the other day in the context of costumes and I was like, you know what? There's two very good reasons why nobody would do a, like a historically accurate film about the ancient Celts. Because their clothing was a big shapeless tunic and a blanket on the top of it for like every day. So like no tits and ass, no sexy cleavage, no rippling muscles, none of that. And their battle costume was bare arse naked, all of them. Bare arse naked and covered in blue shite. And like, no, 
There was no Disney would never either of those things because of the weird yeah. hypersexualization fetishy stuff they have going on with clothes. Anyway, it's just that there was the go. thought well, that I had. Asked that before. Oh, why? How come you know these stories haven't been turned into a a great movie before? You know, and like uh, and one of the reasons is because if you want to be accurate with it, you're going to have to you show a lot of bare ass naked. And yeah. I mean the whole Adonis thing. Like uh, the Greeks probably looked great. You know, because they were sunning themselves. And I, I get it that, like, Achilles was probably just an absolute right of a fella. But, like, I, I don't know. All these hairy fellas out in the island. And, and, and their know. wives with them, with the tits flying in every direction. You know, every over direction. the shoulder, under the arms. Yeah. You know, the th- this is... Hang like, like it's just... It's a really interesting thing to me of like a desexualized nudity is something that we're so unfamiliar with these days that it would just be very, very hard for any film director to pull it off without being like, but what do you mean I'm not supposed to leer? What do you what do you mean it's not about ogling? What do you mean they're coming at me to put a spear between my eyes if I get distracted by anything that's jiggling? Like, you know. But it's, it's, so, it's, it's so funny, like I've, I've had a great time going to the lakes here in Berlin and, and like it's been beautiful because there's so many lakes, but like Germans just get buck naked and chop them in the water. Like, <laughs> there's so much na- nudity, there's so much nudity that like it's completely normalised mm-hmm. and like you, you look around and there's breasts and there's balls and there's other breasts and other balls and presumably there's there's also maybe arms and legs and bottoms and faces I mean, too like the things that jump out are definitely <laughs> the balls and the jiggly bits but look all i'm saying is you notice them initially they're not they're not they're not sexy like they're not, not yeah you know it's not um, nudity isn't inherently sexy no, you got to put a little bit of a lacy thing around it to make it all ooh and sexy. But like, put it in a context. Sexy, yeah, in context. Yeah, but when everyone's lying around and, and you know uh, going for a swim and you know it's not it's not a thing. It's it's no bad thing, um, and it's funny that it is so frowned upon. I t- you know I'm like yeah, <laughs> we're so yeah. we're so uncomfortable with it in cultures where we're uncomfortable with it. You know what? It just occurred to me as well that if you if you were to actually take the shorts off, you'd have less chance of putting your headphones in your shorts pocket, wouldn't you? I did do that. that. (laughs) Now, at that particular time, there was no nudity going around. So I I did leave the shorts on and I left my earphones in the shorts, which I shouldn't have done. But they survived. Um, Now, when when the nudity, I I just dropped (laughs) through. I'm like, hey, well, I'm here. I'm not going to not drop through. It's a chance to finally get some sun on my cheeks. That's a rare occurrence. It's a rare occurrence. extremely rare. You know who would never... Have left his headphones in the pocket of his shorts and gone for a swim with them. Is the great sage Fintan McBokra? Boom, brought it back. Okay, let's talk about Fintan. Thank God. <laughs> uh, I was going. I, I was jumping into the, the being in the water, like the fish, no. and, and getting back into the body of Fintan. That's where I was going to segue. You know, I was doing that one. Uh, that works too. No fear of being a naked man and showing his white arse to the sky either. That Fintan. Um, there was nobody else there. There was no one else there. I mean, that's so that's the bizarre thing about this kind of sage character is he's like, he's literally been there for all of it. And he, 
he comes back in every now and again and he kind of he seems to be very wise just because he's you know I guess he's old and he's seen it all before you mm. know he's seen people come he's seen people come with greed with Nemed with uh, the Parthlon and, the, and their kind of their anger and their disputes and, and the plague that wiped them both out and eventually he comes along and he helps the fear bullock without Which is- any yeah, that's the last time that we've encountered him in this podcast. Uh, is in the the Fairbog episode, he tur- he comes along to help the Fairbog in their fight. Now, there's a good chunk of that story that's fairly feckin' untold because he has what twelve sons. He's... The Fairbog were in Ireland for like thirty five years. He did a <laughs> lot of business. Like, he did a lot of business. He was like, "Hang on, they're staying. These grand. Oh, they're great." We like them. Woo. Ooh, hi. Um, <laughs> did he figure out how to not be a fish for a while? Did it, was it like... He seems to have been extremely um, prolific in his, you know, having having it away with people because he, he's, wherever he shows up, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of kids. He turns up in another story, the settling of the Manor of Tara with, with again, just acres of grandchildren and children like in a, he, like he's got a whole clan that he has sort of fathered. Um, so he's, he's somebody who, um, like, I think that is, that is, you know, going back to what you were saying about him, that he is ancient, but he's sort of not removed. Like he still retains his humanity and his connection to humanity. Um, yeah. So he's, he's, yeah, he's still, he's still human and he's still, you know, he's still marrying, he's still having kids, he's still really grieving when they die, he's still connected. No mention of the wives, of course. No mention Interestingly, the there is no mention of the wives except for Kesser. So it seems like he just, he, he, he talks about Kesser to the end, but he doesn't talk about, so maybe nobody compared, I don't know. Maybe he's a romantic I, I, that's the fe- that's why I like the guy. I just like, oh god damn it, Finton. He's always still hung up about the first one. He can't get over. He clearly has many other, you know, entanglements, Partners. Um, liaisons, whatever. Yeah, whatever way you want to call it. And and right. yes, has father, father all these kids. And yeah, I mean, the fact that he, you know, I, I love the the settling of the Manor of Tara because he comes in and basically tells the the king what exactly you know his position is for you're supposed to be you know there to serve not to take and mm-hmm. and that's kind of a a very profound way of of him giving his knowledge to the to the people but other than that he's only kind of come up again with the fear bullock as like oh here don't this is how you don't die like he basically helps them not get completely obliterated um in you know digging a trench and managing to mm-hmm. I don't know they managed to build up some defenses uh, with Finton's help, but yeah, I think that's that's like that's also kind of he doesn't seem to have. I always think it's kind of interesting that he doesn't seem to have much truck with the two of the Danon. Like he's because even in this story, you know, he and the hawk are talking, and the hawk is mentioning how it stole Nuitha's arm and took it home to feed its babies. And like Finton was clearly also around, but he wasn't fighting with the two of the Danon against the Firbolg. Uh, or sorry, against the Fomorians. Fomorians, um, yeah. Why they both begin with F is clearly, again, another one of these ancient Irish conspiracies to trip me up. You've, 
you've confused it there because he, he was in that battle where Nuda did lose his arm in the first battle and the second battle. Oh, I've confused myself, yes, because he was yeah. in the first battle where Nuda lost his arm and that's the connection, but he wasn't in. Yeah, my point being, sorry, that he didn't weigh in on the second battle of Moitura uh, between the Tuatadanan and the Fomorians. And he yeah. doesn't seem to have been very involved with the Tuatadanan, which I think is kind of a funny one because we tend to think of the Tuatadanan as being magical, mystical, shape changers. And you would think that he'd have got on with them, but mm. he doesn't seem to have. And there, like this whole piece, this amazing kind of old Irish poem, you can find translations up online, mm. uh, and it's long, like mm. it is super long. There's some beautiful turns of phrase, and and but like super amount of detail about like little chapters. And I love the hawk in this because it's mm. kind of like it's the yin and the yang. It's the kind of Fintan looking for the goodness and, and, and basically what, what gets me in this story is, is the hawk asks him to tell him all of its his sorrows, his greatest sorrows. And, you know, why? What is it about sharing sorrowful moments brings us together, brings us closer? Mm. At a time when we're already low, we don't want to hear happy music. We don't want to hear good news. We want to hear morose uh, saddening something that will actually connect with the emotion that we're already in and that's kind of what the hawk does there he's like alright I'm kind of fucking feeling a bit low tell and me some sad stuff I think it's interesting because the hawk doesn't start with I'm feeling low does it it starts with tell no. me some sad stuff and then it's after Finton opens his heart that the hawk goes hey yeah I'm feeling really shit I love the hawk. The hawk is a full-on psycho. It's such a hawk. Like, it's exactly a hawk. A hawk is just like murder and feathers. And this hawk is just like fully murder feathers. I am murder feathers. The best time in my life was when I killed a big thing. And then I couldn't kill quite as big a thing and that wasn't as much fun. But I sure do like murder and stuff. And hey, by the way, you the fact that you have one eye, that was me, motherfucker. I took your eye. Took it right out of your head and I'd do it again. Like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. such... <laughs> Like I was reading, uh, there's a great book called H's for Hawk, which is about a woman who actually like raises a, a hawk as a hunting bird. Um, and it's such a kind of a an interesting, it's a, it's a modern story. Uh, and it's, it's kind of her memoir of being with birds of prey, uh, which people did. They raised hawks as, as hunting animals as, as, and they were like working animals and they are very much not pets. Because they are very uh, single-minded and they can be trained, but hawks particularly are never quite tame because there's this whole, like, you have to let them go in order to let them hunt. And there's always a question mark over whether your hawk will come back to you. So it's a really interesting relationship that people and, and, and kind of hunting birds have had. And I think it's really interesting in this story that it's the hawk that Finton is talking to. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm not sure of like how like medieval falconers were like they were a thing throughout Europe. I'm, I don't I, I don't think they weren't a thing in Ireland, if you know what I mean. Right. I don't remember any specific examples other than this of hawks in mythology. But I do think it's interesting that like this is this is a conversation between Finton and a bird that is definitely wild, but also definitely sometimes has something of a relationship with humanity. Yeah, 
And yeah. it's... Well, it's there. Yeah. And it, it, he calls himself the hawk of time as well. You know, which, which again is like, you know, I guess I played up the fact that uh, Finton didn't really know who he's talking to and, and tries to tell him how long, how old he is. And eventually the hawk's like, yeah, I'm as old as you. Like, I've yeah. been there. I've seen it all, dude, you know. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So what? what is this hawk? How come we haven't mm. seen him before? Where Where has he been? Like, he's always there at the end of the battle, taking the limbs or the the carcasses away to feed his family. Yeah. Off, off on Akil. And Akil is such a beautifully remote, wild place still to this day. No matter, like, if you go to the, the cliffs of on the west side of Akil, it's just, you feel like you're at in any time. You could be at any time yeah. looking at those waves. It's just like, all right, okay. You know, and it feels like you're in the middle of, literally any time of history and they just haven't changed uh, only that there's sheep there now probably <laughs> wasn't I mean but could have been that that hawk sure does like to kill sheep you know the way it likes to kill everything kill everything but again it's that it's that like the power it has mm. the fact that it uh, I love the other the crane and the other birds that it kills and fights and how fierce it is to be able to uh, stand off against the, the, the other, these fantastic eagles and birds of Ireland and yet it's it's the it's the hawk who, who's king up until the point where it's gotten so frustrated with its own weakness and its own and it's that kind of unbelievably slow like so slow a rock wouldn't last as long a boulder wouldn't last as long uh, you know and but it's been kind of worn down worn down worn down to the point where it's afraid of dying and i know there's a catholic spin on it and i I didn't purposely put that in there because they say oh don't worry you know there's a happy ever after in the clouds above with with god and it'll you'd be grand so that's the translation because, you know, obviously. Sure. Um, but F- Fintan has, I guess, a kind of a, some form of an obligation f- from a human point of view, from that kind of yang point of view of like, okay, here's how to soften that. You're mm-hmm. afraid of death. Here's how to, how to ease into it. And you know what? Fuck it, I'll do it with you. Mm-hmm. Like, which is a huge step for a man who's been kind of blindly wandering around the island for you know thousands of years mm. and to then get to the point where he's decided okay now i've had enough and can he because some some stories say he doesn't die some you know some again he there are there are a number of accounts of finton's death one of them being famously that he was murdered by fionn mccool when he was in his fish shape yeah uh, and that Fintan is the salmon of knowledge that was killed by, actually not by Fionn McCool, but by Finangus uh, in the story of the salmon of knowledge. Uh, that's that's one of the ideas yeah. of what happened to Fintan. And there's also the story of the settling of the Manor of Tara um, ends with, uh, with Fintan's death there as well, because he's kind of like, well, I've delivered my, my wisdom now onto this next generation of people. Because, you know, he appears to the Celts. He appears to the Firbolg. Again, he avoids the two of the Danon. Um, but yeah, there's, there's there's a, there's a few different ones. I like this death story for him because I think it's a lovely kind of conscious, deliberate stepping into death for a, for a reason. And I like that. I like it too. I love it. And I, I, lo- I love how he eases into it and he decides it. Part of me is like, I think he's died before. Part of me is, is like the whole 
the whole idea of this character is he he can't be killed. Mm. He can't die. He'll re he'll reemerge in some form or some way. And that's how I like to look at, at this idea of Fintan is that like he's out there somewhere. He's mm. still there. He just he can't ever maybe it'll be another thousand years before he gets into his human form again and goes, Oh for fuck's sake, really? What are they doing now? No, hang on. Stop. Stop that right now. I have some wisdom for you. You know, Um, that's kind of the that that's he's like eternally almost trapped in this cycle of rebirth Uh. and like conscious rebirth. Whereas like, you know, the idea of of whatever past lives and and forgetting it, that's kind of the, the bliss of being able to be ignorant of of your past life, you know, and if if you if you want to go into that story but i i, I kind of like the idea that he a doesn't have control over being able to be a fish or a salmon or a hawk or a boar or, or a stag or whatever and he might not have control over whether or not he can die mm. i don't like that at all i like the idea that he gets to die i really mm. <laughs> i i it sounds, it sounds like stories of hell I don't yeah. know. There's something about I like. I really like the idea yeah, that he yeah, gets yeah. to just die and be dead, because I think mm. there's something really important as well about like, I don't know. Like there's a there's a weird. I think there's often a kind of a weird um, valuing of immortality or of the the idea of undying. And you get it in Irish mythology with like Tiernan Og and these places of eternal bliss and these places of eternal life. And I think that there's something like, there's something about the uniqueness of Fintan is that he is able to stay connected to his humanity and the importance of individual people and individual creatures like this hawk, even though he's five and a half thousand years old. And even though he has this huge accumulation of like grief and everybody that he's lost and and the losses that he's kept incurring, um, I really like that he gets to actually be done and and die finally and just be like, no, this is I'm finished and I've decided to go with you, little crazy hawk that stole my eye when we were both young. (laughs) You asshole. <laughs> like, I love that. I love sure. that there's this kind of thing of like the two of them in friendship dying together. Because I also think there's something nice about that in like, you know, death is inevitable, but how we meet death is not inevitable. Yeah. And like, I'm scared. Well, I'm not scared. So we'll do it together. Like, there's just, I think that I, I really, I really like the idea that this actually is his death. Um, and that's what you know. That's what I. That's what I said a lot. I mean, that's the story. That's how I. That's mm. how I told it. And in it, he very much, much walks, kind of uh, not quite hand in talon, but he walks uh, shoulder to wing w- with this hawk into the sunset, and that's their final day. And, and this has been a day of reflection, a day of sharing stories and looking back at all of the time they had both seen and all, all at all of the sorrows where the hawk tended tended to kind of enjoy a lot of it. Oh yeah. And like it a- is a final full stop. I I guess my my teasing out of Fintan is that is is he a character does he represent as an archetype? Uh, the the seer, the the wise kind of sage that needs to be present for a society to function, 
because without uh, someone who is a seer, the, the society isn't accountable. They're, mm. they're not seen then. So and that's might well, that's 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 what he that's the task that he gives to the to the bards and the poets. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the kind of thing. And it's it's in the settling in the manner of Tara more where, like that's why he dies, because he kind of goes like this is this is the way. And you're you, these are the people who's who are now responsible for that. And I think there's something as well in like as a, you know, I, I and I'm not trying to take him away from you as a character that you can play with. Or, or like oh, you know, continue no, no. to I, use. Hey, look, I, um, I love talking about this character. I love <laughs> um, teasing him out, and mm. uh, that, that's but one like, of the reasons I, I think I like, about. I, I like the I like the kind of idea as well of like Finton's passing that book, uh, or not passing the book, passing that legacy, passing the torch, and kind of saying, you know, okay, I've held this for five and a half thousand years. It's somebody else's turn now. And you can't rely on a magic person watching over you to keep you accountable. <coughs> Religion. Um, you, you've got to actually do it yourself. You've got to do it yourselves. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I, I like that too, because I think it's kind of like the accountability is on us. It's on us mm. to to be vigilant and to be um, to be witness to what is happening in the world right. and to speak it when it's wrong. And to call attention to it when it's not wrong. And like that's the that's the role of art and storytelling and satire in Irish culture. Uh, that's what it's supposed to be for. Sure. It's not it's not like let's all laugh along with the people in power and, and and get all cozy so that nobody challenges them. It's call it out, say what it is, name it, witness it. Um, and like, you know, we we do that. <laughs> We've often talked about this. We do this a lot more in, in live shows than on podcasts because we have an audience in front of us and we can have a conversation with them, uh, which yeah, is one of the yeah, things yeah. that I think we both miss. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a beautiful way to kind of um, to round it. I kind of I yeah, I think you've convinced me. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I love I love the fact that he has you know, so much agency and then so much of it is kind of taken away from him as well. And he seems as much a uh, uh, kind of a puppet or a pawn in the grand scheme of things, as well as having an awful lot of, um, you know, agency in his, in his own story and an ability to kind of interact with what, what is around him and being able to make his final decision to accompany this hawk who is essentially withering to a stage of, of decay and age where you know our grandmother lived till she was 100 years old and that's kind of how i was imagining you know some creature living for five thousand years oh my god i wouldn't wish that on anyone like it's you wouldn't and it's 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 that that's kind of why i think i i really like the idea of finton being able to just be done forever and be be good you know yeah, and be able yeah, to yeah. kind of look back on his life with this little hawk and go, you know what? That's what it was. And now this is the full stop and this is me writing the end and drawing the line under it. And I think that's like, that's the best, you know, in some ways that's kind of the best death that I can think of that any of us could hope for is to actually still be lucid enough to go, this was my life. This is the 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 things that I regret I lived with and the things that these are the things that I didn't and the grief that I had and the loss that I had. This is what it all was. And now it's time to be finished 
and to be able to be finished at that at that point, I think is just lovely. I think it's a lovely story of a lovely death. And I mean, I, I, I was strongly thinking of um, Mick as well, Rory's dad, who died at the start of the summer when I was telling the story because, you know, he he battled cancer for a long time and it was something that like, you know, everybody who battles with any, any form of illness for a long time has that point of like, oh, fuck, I just, this this is, this is time now, come on. Mm. And for for the hawk to very, very squarely say to Fintan, the only reason I'm kind of alive now is because I'm just actually afraid of, afraid mm-hmm. of it. And, you know, we all need that kind of guidance, the last step of, okay, it's fine. You can yeah. just let go. You can just let go. And, and it's, I think it's a lo- there's a lovely reversal in this story as well, in that Fintan is the guide to the soul of the hawk. Because in a lot of mythologies, birds are the psychopomps. Birds are the the guard, the guides to the soul that carry them into the next life. And I love that Fintan is this, is like, you know, with his with his respect for the for the the natural world and his kind of integration into the natural world, he's the guide to the to the bird, you know, like the man, the ancient sage who's venerated in the whole island is like, okay, little bird who's kind of a little bit mad because you're a hawk and all hawks are a little bit mad. Um, I'm I'm going to go with you. I will guide you into death. And I think that's lovely. I think that's that's also a really nice thing. Beautiful. Well, look, this concludes our Book of Invasions podcast series. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. And if you haven't listened to the whole lot of it, well, there's a rake of stories here to listen to. Yeah. Next up, we'll be teaming up with the Embers Collective again. Uh, we were very lucky to be uh, to have linked up with um, the guys over in London who tell stories of of a global sort um, and a variety from all all across the world. And they <clears throat> published a couple of our stories on to their uh, their podcast, the Embers yep. Collective podcast, as well as Soho Radio in February, I believe it was. And uh, we had a great chat about that with them. And now we're going to return the favour by showing you some of their stories. And in kind, we're going to echo the stories that they show yes. with a bit of an Irish so twist. So that'll uh, be coming so. up next week. And we very much hope you enjoy it. And uh, we will see you then. Yeah, like and subscribe. And, you know, if you want do to all this. support us on Patreon, you can do that as well. All that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, listen, go to the meal market, August, slow. Long of hold.